Well, good morning, Genesis. How are you? If you haven't already, these gummy bears are for you. So enjoy. Merry Christmas from Genesis to you. We are so generous here. Last week, it was Hershey Kisses. This week, uh, we upgraded to Haribo gummy bears because there is no better gummy bear than Haribo. Everything else is imitation. So uh, Merry Christmas and welcome to Genesis. Uh, my name is Michael and uh, just thankful you guys are here. Uh, we started last week uh, our unlikely Advent and we really wanted to do a, a traditional take on Advent because we are traditional people here and that's just how we roll. Uh, but when we say unlikely Advent and doing a, se- a series on Advent, really what that means is we've been focusing in on four words, uh, hope, peace, joy, and love. Uh, Last week, we had the privilege of talking about hope, and today I'm excited to talk uh, about peace. Uh, And our one hope in the season uh, of Advent, which is really just the month uh, month of December, was really simply this, seeing God do the unlikely in your life so that those who do not know hope, peace, joy, and love would see the God who gives it. Um, Our heart for you uh, was that this season, meaning December, uh, is that you would have some really fresh stories of how you got to see God use you uh, to encourage somebody else who doesn't know or understand hope or peace or joy or love, that they would be able to understand and meet the God who gives us those things. Um, N.T. Wright, who is a, a pastor theologian, said this, Christmas has become cozy. Advent calls us to stay awake. Uh, Christmas has become cozy, but Advent calls us to stay awake. And so that was the invitation we gave last week was during this season of December, season of Advent, stay awake to the opportunities that God will put before you to be a blessing and encouragement to help somebody else who just does not know hope, peace, joy, and love meet the God who gives those things uh, in excess. So today we're talking about peace. And uh, before I go there, I just wanted to pray for us. So Father God, thank you so much for today. God, thanks for every heart, for every soul, every person uh, that is here in this space right now. God, I give thanks that uh, you know exactly where we are right now. You know the condition of our heart and soul. God, you know the the things that we're wrestling with, the things that we're struggling with. And so, God, in a way that only your spirit could possibly do, I pray that you would speak. And because you would speak to each of us, God, about you, and uh, God, that where we are right now, we would be different as we leave because you have spoken to us. Uh, Father, we're talking about peace, and I just know that there are many who struggle and wrestle to even have any semblance of peace. Uh, So Lord, I pray that in these moments that we have as we consider a phenomenal story in the Advent story, uh, God, I pray that all of us here uh, would not just understand peace, uh, God, but would see that this is what you give to us, and because of that, it shapes everything else. So, Father, in these brief moments, please let your voice be the loudest voice that all of us would have a story and a testimony when we leave here that God spoke to me today. And because of that, there is encouragement, there is hope, and there is certainly peace. We love you and we give you thanks, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Uh, So that's the word we're looking at. It's just peace. Uh, The word uh, peace is what we're looking at. And I don't know about you, but there are so many people who are hungry for peace, that they want to have peace in their life, but the very thing that we want uh, is often the thing that we don't actually get to enjoy and and certainly don't get to uh, experience. Um, So I just start with this question. How is peace shaping you today? 
uh, as you think about just peace, how is peace actually shaping you today? Uh, I've never met someone who is like, you know, I'd actually prefer a life filled with anxiety and fear and stress and worry. Like, that's what I'm aiming for. Uh, I've never met someone who said, I I love that. Uh, But what I have met is people who are like, that's what my life is marked by, is stress and fear, anxiety and worry and discouragement. And what they're hungry for is just peace. And so how is peace shaping you today? How is peace influencing how you're actually living life? And if it's something that we all want, then why is it something that, by and large, evades, escapes most people, that we're not living lives marked with peace? Um, I wrote down the answer for me in my journal like this. Uh, We look for peace uh, to come in seasons. Uh, we look for peace to come in season. So it might sound something like this. Gosh, if I can just get through this really rough patch, there will be peace waiting for me on the other side. If I can just get through this really hard situation, this hard circumstance, if I could just figure out this really challenging relationship and just kind of gut through it, then on the other side waiting for me will be just finally a sense of peace, a sense of rest. And we kind of think about peace as if it's a reward for those who found a way to get through really tough situations in life. Uh, And I think that's just not true. And I consider what Scripture actually has to say about peace, this is a foundational truth I wanted to encourage you with, is this. Peace is from God for you. Peace is from God, and it's for you. In other words, we'll never find peace apart from God. Won't happen. We will never find the peace that we want, the peace that we desire and crave. We'll never find that apart from God. From God. It won't be found in just getting through a season that is just hard. It won't be found at the end of peace is not like the end of the rainbow, that if you just get there at some point, you're going to find this bucket full of peace. Peace is from God and it's for you. C.S. Lewis uh, said it well. He said, God cannot give us a happiness and a peace apart from Himself. God cannot give us a happiness and a peace apart from himself because it's not there. There is no such thing. And so as I consider scripture, I just the message is peace is from God, but it's for you. It's not just for those who get through hard things and are going through hard things. Peace is from God and it's for you. And the good news of Advent is that peace has come. Uh, peace has come from God and it's for us. And the beauty about the peace that God gives is it does transform No matter what the situation is, good or bad, hard or whatever it might be, the peace that God gives to us literally transforms the situations, the circumstances, the relationships that we are going to walk through. Now, the story that we're looking at today is the story of Joseph. Um, And if there was ever somebody in Scripture who should not have had peace, uh, it would be uh, this individual named Joseph. His life was literally flipped upside down. Everything that he was thinking was going to happen, the reverse of it happened. A man who you would think would have no peace but would be filled with stress, anxiety, fear, all of these things, actually received from God the most unlikely gift, a gift of peace. So if you have a Bible, this is Luke, or I'm sorry, Matthew uh, chapter 1. It's the very first gospel in the New Testament. And I just want to read uh, some short verses from Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 18. It says this, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. 
But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. We looked a little bit at that story last week as told in Luke chapter 1. Verse 19, Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, and so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And then verse 22, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet, uh, look, the virgin will conceive a child, she will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Now, to be honest, uh, Joseph, to me, the story of Joseph has always been a story that I just somehow glossed over. Uh, I know that Joseph, to be honest, he's an important figure in the Advent and the Christmas narrative, uh, but because we just don't have much information about Joseph, and really there's not much said about Joseph after this, I've never honestly very much paid attention to the story of Joseph, but as I've been sitting with this story specifically this week, the more I sat with it, I was absolutely blown away by what Joseph was able to do, absolutely inspired what Joseph was able to do, and he was able to do something that often so many of us aren't able to do, but he was able to do, Uh, and this is what Joseph was able to do. He decided to not make his life about him. He decided not to make his life about him. I don't want to oversimplify the story here, but when considering what Joseph actually did, he simply made a decision to not make his story the story. He just made a decision to not make his story the story. Again, I don't want to oversimplify this, but generally when I see people lacking peace in their life, it's not just because they're going through a hard situation, a hard relationship, or a circumstance that's, that's difficult, it's often because their story has become the story. Why we often lack peace in our life is not just because of hard things, but somehow, somewhere along the way, we made it about our story rather than his story. Now, Justin Buzzard wrote a great book called The Big Story, and he said this, your life would actually be a lot better if your life could become less about your life. I remember when I read that, I was like, wow, that is so true. Your life would actually be a lot better if your life could become less about your life. If you could see that your life is part of a larger plot than simply the story of me, then adventure and mystery and joy would re-enter the picture. Most of the stuckness in our lives is a product of an overfocus on our lives. We spend so much time looking in when we ought to be looking out and up. We live in a world that just says it's all about you. Do what you want. Go for what you want. Be who you want. Make it all about you. And if the world, meaning us and everyone else in it, was honest, if that's really the message that is proclaimed in so many different ways, somebody's got to be able to say, but it's not working. Like that life actually causes more stress, more fear, more anxiety, more worry, more hardship than actual peace. 
And so this morning, I just, I'm excited to share with you really two things that God's been teaching me this week. This is really fresh because I'm just being honest. I've never really paid attention to the story of Joseph like I've had this week, and it's been mind-blowing. I was so, so encouraged and challenged and convicted that this guy, he just didn't make it about him. And because of that, he received something from God that is often missing from our lives. So I'm going to share with you two things that Joseph in this narrative, this Advent story has taught me. Number one is this. God's peace comes from walking God's path. God's peace comes from walking God's path. So I know everyone's going to say yes to this question, but have you ever made the wrong decision? Okay, I think all of us would be honest. I'm not talking like the wrong decision about like, you know, I wore a green shirt and I should have probably worn a blue shirt or I ate this I ate at Cadoba, and I know better. I should have eaten at Chipotle. I'm not talking about, like, wrong decisions like that, but I'm talking about the decision that you've made to go with the direction of your life. Have you ever made a wrong decision that just headed you in the wrong direction? And I I know I have. I, I have many times. And my observation is why so many people lack peace is because they're desperately trying to make a wrong decision turn into the right direction. And it just doesn't work. We take wrong decisions and we just work like crazy to hope, hopefully somehow turn that into the right direction, hoping that right direction will end somehow in peace. But what I learned from Joseph is that God's peace still comes even after we've made the wrong decision and we're headed in the wrong direction. God's peace can still come even if we've made the wrong decision and we're headed in the wrong direction. God's peace can still come. So what my question is, what... Was Joseph making the wrong decision about leaving Mary? Was that a wrong decision? Because at first glance, it's like, no, that's actually a good decision that this man is making. He was pledged to be married to this woman, but this woman has become pregnant, and he knows for sure that it's not his child. But because he is a good man, uh, he does not want to throw Mary under the bus and totally just destroy her person and her character, which he could have done. He could have brought charges against Mary that could have ended in her death. But Joseph says, I don't want to do that. I'm just going to quietly walk away from this situation because this is not the situation that I signed up for. This is not the story that I wanted to be part of. And at first appearance, it looks like he's making the right decision. He considered the situation. He assumed with the information that he had that he was making the right decision to go in a different direction And it certainly made sense. So a question for us, gosh, if you think about Joseph, wouldn't it be safe to assume that Joseph was thinking, God, I'm a good man. Why would you want this for me? Like, God, I've I've walked with you. I've followed you. I've I've trusted you. Why why would you be doing that? This can't be from you. And because it's not from you, I'm going to head in a different direction. I think it's easy for Joseph and easy for us to assume because We're doing right things, good things, that somehow God's not going to have an unlikely situation or circumstance for us. So a question that we have to wrestle with is, how often have assumptions led you to make wrong decisions that consequently led you in the wrong direction? How many times have we assumed, hey, this is the information that I have, and our assumptions led us to make a wrong decision that led us in the wrong direction? And here's what's really encouraging to me, because I've done that. Uh, And if we're honest, I'm sure all of us have done that. But the good news of this story 
is God will give us what we need to keep us on his path so we can have his peace. God is more committed to you being on his path than you are. And God's so desirous to give you what he wants you to have, which is his peace along the path he's called you to walk. So he will give us what we need. It says in uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. So what did God actually give to Joseph? In this moment, what did God give to Joseph to actually keep him on the path that God wanted him to be on? And I'll give you two, two answers to that. Number one would just be this. God reminded Joseph of who he was. God reminded Joseph of who he was. The angel addresses Joseph and says, Joseph, son of David. Now, I'm guessing Joseph did not walk around introducing himself and said, Hello, I am Joseph, the son of David. I just don't think that that's how he said hello to people or greeted people. To be honest, I don't even think he was remembered, was on his radar of who he was. So why remind him of who he was? Why remind Joseph that you are the son of David? Well, when we forget who we are, we quickly begin to make the story about us and doing what makes most sense to us. When we forget who we are, we begin to make the story about us. Uh, The people of God knew the Savior that God promised to send would come from the line of David. So reminding Joseph of who he was, Joseph was being encouraged, Joseph, you're the son of David. Do not make this story about your story. There's, God is doing an unlikely thing here with you. Do not make it about you. Um, I love Disney movies. Um, and one of my favorite Disney movies uh, is The Lion King. It's an older one, but I love The Lion King. It's got some questionable theology, but it's got some good stuff. Um, but I love the relationship between Mufasa and Simba, the father and the son. And I don't know why Disney kills dads all the time, but uh, Mufasa <laughs> dies in this one. Um, and Muf- uh, Simba makes a decision that consequently leads him in a completely wrong direction, and he's becoming something totally uh, less. And Mufasa, the father, appears to Simba uh, in a dream, and he says, you are more than what you have become. And I saw that 20 years ago. <laughs> I remember watching as I'm doing now, crying. I'm like, that's so me. You have, you're more than what you have become. In other words, the direction your life, uh, the direction you're living does not reflect who you are. What Mufasa was saying to Simba is, you're the son of the king. You're a child of the king. And how you are living your life does not even come close to reflecting that you are a child, my son of the king. If you are a follower of Christ, you're a child of God. If you're here today and you've made the decision to say, I'm trusting Jesus as as my God, as my Lord, as my Savior, as my King, you are a child of God. So my question would be, if if, if who you are is who you are consistent with the direction that you're going right now, is who you are as a child of God consistent with the direction that you're going right now? It says in John chapter 1, but to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So if you are a child of God, then your life and the direction you're living, it should say more about the God who made a way for you to be part of his family 
than you. So again, is who you are consistent with the direction that you are going right now? God's peace comes from walking God's path, and God will give you what you need to walk his path. And part of what he might be giving you today is the reminder that you're a child of God. You are a son, you are a daughter. If you are a follower of Christ, you are his child, which means everything that we do in our life should reflect our father and the story and the family that he has invited us to be part of. So God gave Joseph a reminder, you're the son of David, but he also gives him a second thing to keep him moving on the path that God had called to him, called him to. Number two would be God revealed to Joseph his plan. He didn't tell him everything, but he gave Joseph a picture of what was happening here. And not only did that affirm what Mary had already told him, but when God spoke to Joseph in verse 21, uh, the angel spoke, he says, the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. God did for Joseph, he gave him a, a piece, a picture of the plan. He didn't tell him everything that was gonna happen, but he just said, Joseph, what Mary said is true. This is unlikely, but it's from me. And because God revealed a piece of the plan to Joseph, that was God's invitation to say, Joseph, I want you to be part of it. So what was the actual command that the angel gave to Joseph? We see that the angel reminded him of who he was. We see that the angel gave a picture of what plan was unfolding here, that Jesus would, because of him, sins would be forgiven. But what was the actual command that the angel gave to Joseph. And I wrote it down like this, don't be afraid to change your mind. If you read back uh, in verse 20 and 21, uh, Joseph had already made the decision uh, to walk away from Mary. He'd already made the decision. He he said, this is what I'm doing. I'm gonna walk away quietly. And the angel appears to him and says, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. That was the one command that he gave to Joseph. Don't be afraid to change your mind. Your mind is made up in this direction, but Joseph, do not be afraid to change your mind. My question, how often have you not changed your mind about what you wanted to do versus what God wanted you to do because of fear? You knew that the direction you were going Uh, and this direction you really wanted to go, but there was just something that you knew God was getting your attention. And it wasn't like this major life overhaul. It was making some some different decisions, some tweaks about how you were going about things. And you knew that God was trying to get your attention, but you couldn't do it because of fear, that you had already made up your mind to head in this direction, and it seemed to make so much sense to go in that direction. And the thought of even changing directions now scares the heck out of you well, what happens if it doesn't work out? And I don't like that direction. How often has fear prevented you from actually going in the direction that God wants you to do? Now, it would be really easy for us to declare, well, God, if God would send me an angel, remind me of who I am, and give me a little bit more of of the the peace of of God's plan, then it would be so easy for me to actually say yes. And I would totally change my mind if that actually happened. And I would say, well, gosh, that's a fair observation. I just don't think it's true. Because we forget, this ain't, uh, Joseph 
This was in a dream. How easy would it have been for Joseph to wake up and be like, wow, that was a crazy dream. I'm so glad it was only a dream and walk away. How easy would it have been for him just to say, man, that was a weird night of sleep. I'm so glad it was just a weird night of sleep. I'll chalk it up as that, and I'm going to keep going in the direction that I've already decided to go. The truth is God's actually given us more than he actually even gave Joseph. God has given you and I so much more. And if you're wondering what I'm talking about, he's given us his spirit, he's given us his word, and he's given us his people. God gave himself to us. He has given us his spirit to lead us, to guide us, to encourage us, to comfort us, to remind us, to convict us. He has given us himself. Joseph didn't have that. An angel appeared to him in a dream. God has given us his full word, Old and New Testament, to help understand God and who God is and what God is like and what God's plan is. And he's given us one another to help each other, sometimes to challenge each other, sometimes to pick each other up and keep going in the direction that we need to go. So it's not easier for Joseph because an angel appeared to him in a dream. I would say, my goodness, God has been so gracious to us to give, him, uh, give us his spirit, his word, and his people. So our challenge is simply this. Will you be willing to change your mind? Would you be willing to do that? Because that's what Joseph did. And honestly, if Joseph didn't change his mind, no one would have faulted him. Everyone around him would have said, Joseph, it's a good decision you're making. Walk away from this mess. This girl is trouble. No one would have faulted him uh, for if he didn't change his mind. But Joseph made the decision, I'm going to change my mind. And this is our challenge. Will we be willing to change our minds so that the decisions we're making reflect the path that God wants us to walk? Will we be willing to change our mind? I wanted to encourage you with this. It's never too late until it's too late. Some of us maybe have been walking in a direction for so long that the thought of changing our mind that would lead to a different direction is so scary. You're like, man, I've been walking this road for so long, it's too late. And I just wanted to encourage you. Uh, God loves you enough uh, that God is going to give you exactly what you need to keep you on his path so you can have his peace. But would you be willing to change your mind? Would you be willing to change your mind to reflect the direction that God wants you to walk in? And I will also tell you that changing your mind to walk in the path of God does not equate to an easy path. Because you know the next thing that happens to Joseph in this story is another angel appears to Joseph and said, Herod, who is the king in the region, is sending assassins to kill you. He's going to kill this baby and he's going to kill your wife. So you need to flee and you need to escape to Egypt. That was the message that came next to Joseph. So his path was not just filled with like, wow, this is great. His path was filled with someone's coming to kill you and this child. So just because we walk in the path that God has called us does not mean it's free of trouble or pain or trials, but it does guarantee us that God gives us his presence, which means he gives us his peace on the road that he's called us to walk. So I want to simplify it, I guess, and just say that we all have a decision to make similar to Joseph. Will my life be about my story or his story? 
Joseph decided, I'm going to change my mind. I'm not going to make this about me. I want to make it about what God's invited me to be part of. So will my life be about my story or his story? Uh, Louis Giglio, uh, a pastor in uh, Atlanta area, wrote a great book years ago called I Am Not, But I Know I Am. He said this, life is a tale of two stories, one finite and frail, the other eternal and enduring. The tiny one, the story of us, is brief as the blink of an eye. Yet somehow our infatuation with our own little story and our determination to make it as big as we possibly can blinds us to the massive God story that surrounds us on every side. He goes on to say, we can choose to cling to starring roles in the little bitty stories of us, or we can exchange our fleeting moment in the spotlight for a supporting role in the eternally beautiful epic that is the story of God. And I just, I love the whole book, but I love that section because it just was really convicted. Michael, do you want to just be the star of a story that won't last? Or do you want to play a supporting role in the story of God? Because God invites unlikely people like all of us to be part of a story that will endure throughout eternity. And this is what Joseph did. And so encouraged, convicted, and inspired me. He changed his mind to say, it's not going to be about me. I've already made a decision, and I'm starting to head in that direction because of that decision. But God says, Joseph, my peace is on this path. If you go there, you're walking away from what I have for you. And I love that Joseph made the decision to change his mind and not make it about him. Would you be willing to do the same? Would you be willing to change your mind today so that the decisions you're making now reflect the path that God's invited you to walk? Last thing that I want to share, and I'll be very brief on this one, is God's peace enables you to trust his plan for your path. God's peace enables you to do something that we would not normally be able to do is just to trust God with how it all plays out from here. Uh, I look at verse 25 and it says, but he did not, being Joseph, have sexual relations with her, being Mary, until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. Now, I realize this might sound like a really minor detail in this story, but it's actually a significant decision made by Joseph that demonstrates Because of God's peace on the path that he decided to walk, uh, he was able to trust God with the details of how it was all going to work. I don't know how you would have handled that, but if that was me, I would have been like, all right, this is going to go better for us if we do start sleeping together. And we can actually say when people accuse us of all of the things that they're going to accuse us in a shame-based culture, say, no, this is is our child. We have been together. And I... I think what often happens is that we make the decision to walk in God's path, but shortly thereafter, we seek to control all that happens along the way. We start walking in a direction, and we're like, I got it now. Like, God, I'm on the road, and I know, you know, the general direction you want me to, but we start controlling everything along the way. And what I love about verse 25, and it seems so small, is that Joseph made another decision to say, God, I'm going to trust you that you said this child will be born of a virgin. I'm not going to get in the way of that. I'm not going to get and interject myself in this story so it somehow seems better for me. Joseph received from God what he needed, which was peace, and his peace that God gave to Joseph enabled him to trust God with the details, to trust God with the next steps. Uh, And the next step was, I'm not going to be with her. I will not be with her until this pregnancy comes 
And I love how it says, and he named him Jesus, because the angel made clear, don't forget, his name's Jesus. And Joseph did that. We started with uh, the, the biblical truth that peace is from God and it's for you. And I just want to stop there. I wanted you to know that God wants you to actually experience and encounter his peace. And his peace comes from walking in his path. And as we're walking that path, God gives us his peace so that we can trust how God is going to work out that path in our lives. Um, hundreds of years before Jesus arrived, uh, a prophet named Micah was talking about God sending a savior, a redeemer. And he says this in chapter five of Micah. He says, he will be our peace. Peace is from God and it's for you. This is to say that we can have peace because God has given himself. The reason that we can have peace is because as we celebrate Advent, it reminds us that God has come and because God has come, we can have peace. If we don't have God, if God never came, you and I would not have peace. We would not, it would not be possible to have peace because there is no peace apart from God, but because God came and he gave himself to us, we can have peace. And we experience that peace every day as we walk on the path that God has invited us to walk. Tim Keller said it great and uh, was quoted in a different book that he didn't write, but says, do you believe that this beautiful idea of the incarnation, Emmanuel, God with us, will really happen? If you believe him and if you will take Jesus into the center of your life, you will be blessed, utterly transformed by his life-changing peace. This is the gift that God has at Advent. God with us, and as you take him at the center, not you, but him at the center of your life, he gives us what we will never find anywhere else, his peace. So Father God, thank you for this story. God, thanks for what you did for me this week and just sitting with it. And God, I give thanks that every single soul here, you desire for us to experience peace that can only come from you. And I give thanks, God, that it is for us. So God, thank you that you give us yourself. Consequently, you give us peace. God, I thank you for that gift in a world that just gives stress and anxiety and worry and fear. We know a God who gives us himself and gives us peace. God, if there's anyone here today that has stress, anxiety, and worry has just been their world, whether it's been for days, weeks, months, or even years. God, I pray in these moments, you would give to that person, God, that you would give to all of us peace. God, if there's even any confusion as to the path that you have for us, God, if there's any confusion on things that we need to change our minds on, God, I pray that you would please in these moments bring clarity God, that we would have courage by your spirit at work in us to change our mind, to reflect the path that you've called us to go. God, I give thanks that Joseph reminded me and it reminds all of us that he just didn't make his life about him. God, I pray that all of us would make that decision today to not make it about us, that our story would not be the story. God, I pray that you'd give us courage 
just to simply say, God, thank you for inviting me to be in your family. And as a son or as a daughter, I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to make my life about you and your plans and your purposes. If you're here today and maybe you've never, ever received God into the center of your life, I invite you to do that today. God sent his son Jesus, that Jesus would be the center of all things, that he would be the center of our lives, not just a part, but the center of our lives. And as we receive Jesus, we receive the gift of peace, peace with God both now and forever. If you've never done that, then just where you're sitting, simply just cry back out, pray back out to God, Jesus, you are the center of my life. I look to you and I trust you and you alone. If you've never done that, simply just pray back to God that you want Jesus to be the center of your life. And for those of you that have done that before, and whether it was a week ago or a month or years ago, but yet you know there's decisions that you've been making that do not reflect that God is the center of the story. And I just, I pray in these moments, pray back to God. I'm changing my mind. I want to change my mind that my decisions would reflect the path that you've invited me to walk.